Hey folks, we'd like to dedicate this episode of Fantasy Pants to our dear friend, Emily, in memory of Joshi. Storyteller Orin here. Last time I described the final leg of our hero's journey as they escaped the city of Cerule as it was consumed by storm. Jules found a way to protect his cherry delights, and though Jeans was mortally wounded, she was, in the end, saved and healed. Zebulon, on the other hand, saw his brother moving in to strike at the storm eye himself. And upon trying to help him, Zebulon was taken in by the crowds and crushed by horse and carriage in the chaos. Luckily though, a hero pulled through and awoke inside the sapphire just about to take off, right beside none other than Jules Roche himself. Finally, our luminaries meet eye to eye. And what happens next? Well, you'll just have to see. What are you guys thinking? Got some pretty exciting stuff happened last time. Do we want to, uh, I don't know, you want to chit-chat for a bit? You want to just dive I, in? I want a long rest. <laughs> oh, that's impossible. <laughs> I don't think so. We're you in get tri- a long rest we're, when we're, you're dead. We're in dead. triage. Can't we rest for like five days if we want to? You can a long rest when you're dead. Like Zebulon almost was. Yep. That's close. But you're not. Nope. Because he fudged his dice rolls. That's not true. <laughs> you he used absolutely legal hero points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what was I thinking? Smart use of hero points. And now you have no hero points. Wait, doesn't it reset every yeah, session? What, yeah, what? When, what? Wait, of course not. When does it reset? Earn those motherfuckers. You can't just get them back from oh, all participation. Right. All right, well, lots of like new systems are doing hey, that. I got, throughout my life, I have gotten... Many participation awards. Why should this be any different? Because I'm mean. <laughs> so our generation always got shit for getting participation awards. Um, I have a counterpoint. Whose generation was giving participation awards? We, we <laughs> whose, were just, idea, whose idea was it? We yeah. were just receiving them, right? Yep. So yep. I didn't ask for that. Every time you point one finger, you get three pointing right back at you. Wow. Wow. That was deep. Stephen with the, uh, was that philosophy? Yeah, there's your pre-show banter. You're you're welcome. Yeah, thank thank you, sir. <laughs> it's the uh, best yet. Yeah, well, we hit the uh, we hit the peak at that. So I guess uh, I guess we're just getting into this. So let's reset the scene. Jules, we kind of just jumped to where you were um, from Zebulon's POV, but I want to talk to you about about what happened and how you got there. Um, there could be a misconception that that was all very, very quickly, sort of, or very, very slowly done. Like, like basically, there was a long expense of time between Zebulon uh, going down, Zebulon waking up, and you being there. It was actually very quick. You yeah. rushed inside. Um, people immediately kind of like took in Jeans. Uh, you know, it was very obvious how 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 wounded she was. They just grabbed her and took her aside and. Uh, Basically, you're, you and the Charity Lights all just followed as they brought her into the sort of center, sort of platform stadium. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it all it, it all happened at once. Yeah, all, yeah. All they they the dropped her time. down. I think, I, I think Zeb was coming in at the exact same time. You pretty much, when you got there, when, when they put Jeans down and you guys all gathered, you saw this healer, uh, this warm light, like shooting into this, this, this brass, little tiny, almost kobold-sized brass dragonborn. Uh, beside where you were sort of set up to, to rest. And then she immediately gets up and turns to you, and this dragonborn wakes up. Um, outside, that storm is roaring. You can't see anything anymore, even though it's like, you know, 
you think sapphire should be somewhat see-through i think i think it's like the, the color the hue of blue is so strong you just you can't see anything through it um maybe just like the tiniest vaguest shadows of, of, of buildings but really nothing you can make out but you can feel the winds buffeting the side of the gem you can hear like the roaring thunder uh almost far off now you feel relatively safe in this structure good i'm, I'm very glad for that <laughs> Very glad for that. And Jean's opens up her eyes. There's just like laughing and there's cheering. Uh, Chester like takes a step back and <clears throat> like wipes his eye a little. And Mulligan's just like, yeah, you should have seen Chester. I think he was crying when he he ran. I never seen him run so fast. And Chester's just like, hey, Molly, I, I, there was wind in my eye. Come on, it's nothing like that. Hey, come on, guys. Come on, guys. That was intense for all of us. Okay. That I don't think we've ever experienced something like that before. I mean, it's got, it's got me all fucked up. And uh, as you say this, and as they kind of, they, they look to you, they nod, they laugh a little. Um, and I think you feel a sudden kind of movement and presence, and you look over, and sitting up is this dragonborn. Who are you? I don't even think Zebulon answers. I think he just, with both hands, just, like, reaches out and grabs Jules by the shirt. Where, where's my brother? Where's your whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And he's looking, looking around like crazy, trying to find his brother. I think, actually, in this moment, as you're, as you're grabbing him, as you're looking around, you, you turn to the side and you actually see a figure um, kind of pushes away through some crowds, and you recognize the young man you saw uh, outside... Um, with the, the diamond held up to his eye, um, sort of tip of the diamond, the, the, the main sort of top facet facing you, and he's just, like, just taking in both of you and smiling, laughing, like, oh, yeah, oh, this is great, oh, this is so good, oh, man, payday, um, I need you actually to roll a history check on this, and Zeb, you get advantage because you live on the Citadel. Advantage didn't help. That is a 21. Okay. Wow. So, Zebulon, you, for some reason, <laughs> despite your advantages of your upbringing, you know nothing about this. Um, but, Jules, you, uh, you're street savvy, and you probably may have seen these kind of folk around before. Um, mostly in the high city, probably not, you know, bopping around in your, your, your leg of the woods. But, mm-hmm. um, so, when you DM, there are two different kinds of lore uh specifically right you have the lore where you're like really sitting there and you're you're putting thought into the world and you're like thinking about mechanics and and you know oh the way magic did this oh and when history did this that pushed for this uh this to change and and you're just kind of like maddeningly writing down this this sort of convoluted uh uh you know kind of more realistic sort of lore and then there's those times where you're where the lore kind of writes itself because because stupid. I'm curious. <laughs> and I like those. So, Jules. <laughs> what? So, Jules, um, on the world of Helenoa, um, there was once this very famous uh, bard, per se, who essentially studied in, in, in the, the lives of other icons. He's sort of like the, the father of like modern um, biographies right okay um basically used other people as, as, as inspiration for for his own art um tracing their their, their lives and lineages and, and, and just like trying to get all the information possible any artwork any pictures anything he could uh compiled of of, of many great great people in the history of palanoa um so this man known as the mo- the father of modern biography is known as uh, uh razio ricci now in uh in our current age, this focus on, on I guess, like, the biographies of these great people has been sort of re-inspired, reignited by, uh, by, well, the luminary movement, the luminary craze. And luminaries in particular are just sources or, or, or focuses for these people. Uh, this particular guild that believes and follows Razio Ricci's teachings. They are generally always wearing like black and yellow checkered sashes, and they always have a one of these diamonds on hand, usually on loan from the the guild itself, uh, which is titled uh, 
you know, in, in reverence to the, the, the great creator, the great father of biography, uh, the Guild of Paparazzi. Oh, my. <laughs> Hold on. Was Whoa. that from you or from Whoa. the book? Was that from you or from the book? Wizards would not write something that terrible. I was going to say. Don't worry. That was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, Oof. Yeah. So here we are. We're going to leave that in there, huh? Oh, absolutely. This is <laughs> lore, baby. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. You got to It takes all kinds. Yeah, know? man. That's it takes kind. all kinds of colors. Sometimes you got to have these beautiful, vibrant reds and oranges and blues and whatever. And sometimes you got to just take shit brown and spread all over the artwork. Sometimes you got to have a paparazzi in there. You got to have a lot of paparazzi in there. Oh, my goodness. And this paparazzi has got his eye on you two. Alright, so that's just the thing that happened. You don't need to address it. People generally don't address them. Paparazzi are kind of a nuisance, but he seemed right, very so, interested in YouTube for some reason. Do I just automatically notice him? Can I just notice him? Yeah. Okay, cool. I notice him and I'm gonna kinda take shit. I don't know what I'm wearing. I have a hood, so I assume I have a cloak. Yeah. Perfect. I'm gonna kinda put my cloak around Zeb and me and as much of the group as I can. Okay. There's no way Zebulon's going to allow it to happen. I think he's just going to get up and leave. I think he's going to realize that I can't get any information about my brother out of this guy and get up and go look for a shield bearer. All right. Zebulon just, so you're trying to get this cloak around him. Zebulon just sort of fights his way out, pushes his way back, and starts trying to run. Do you do anything? No. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to look to Chester and just say, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Zebulon, um, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, as you're moving away, actually, you guys feel a, a sudden kind of lurch as um, you can feel the the jewel being lifted up. And actually, that's something I got a little off in the first session, so I'm gonna, it doesn't really change anything at all, but the jewel would normally appear and then descend and then ascend back into the sky about uh, 500 feet and then... Uh, disappear. Oh, so. that sounds so awesome. That's yeah, cool. it's very cool. Yeah. yeah, so so when you first would appear, Zebulon, you would appear up in the sky, you know, staring like, almost down at these at these gigantic uh, towers, mm-hmm. and then just woo, descended down, landed in the plaza, all that. Changes nothing as far as, you know, canonicity. Just, okay, but just you cool. are able to stare down at the city, though? You were able to look down at the city, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, Zebulon's just gonna rush to, a, I don't know, do we call it a window? Um... There's really no opening now, actually. When they begin lifting, the, uh, when this thing starts lifting up, uh, they've closed off the the main sort of one opening. It's just like sealed by the same sort of sapphire. You're now just inside this locked-in gem. Okay, so when we could stare down when we first came in, it's because the door was open. So I think you were probably pushing in that direction towards the door. Okay. Yeah, and you're, you're rushing towards that door, and then and you see like... Um, it's closed off. You can hear people screaming, like, there's still people out there. What are you doing? There's still people. And Seal Bear is just like, we can't take any more. We've hit max capacity. We'll come back. We'll come back. This is our first wave. We need to go quickly. And you just hear, like, the, the wind buffeting the side of the sapphire. Maybe you even wonder, you know, how, how many are going to make it. This storm is getting worse by the second. But that's not your concern right now. Your concern is your brother. But as you're moving in that direction, still in the area um, where all these wounded folk are, you're hearing less people screaming out. And through that din, you hear something else. Uh, sort of a harsh woman's voice. Just like, sort of like you, you hear it just like entering in the conversation like, Whatever else you can remember, while it's still fresh, I, I understand. It's your brother's voice. It's coming from somewhere to your left. All right, you're gonna run there. All right, so you just push those people, and as you open up, you see there's a uh, a ring of, of of shield bearers surrounding your brother, who's kind of turned to the side. You're catching from from you know one side of his face as he is sitting down um, on like a, I'm trying to think what they would have him to sit on. I guess. The, the, the people are going to need to, like, take a seat in this area. They have, like, emergency medical stuff. Probably, a like, sapphire some, seat. Or maybe just even just a conjured... I don't know. I don't know if that sounds wonderful or painful. Yeah, right? It, it sounds, sounds terrible. Yeah, opulent but uncomfortable. 
most opulent things are. The, the shield bearers didn't bring, like, folding metal chairs or anything? Yeah, let's call it. They, they conjured up something, some kind of chair, for some kind of seat form. So he's just, like, resting on that. Um, yeah, we're and, in, like, a stadium with, like, even, stadium so he's, he's, you know, he's a big guy. He's huge. So, yeah, but the stadiums are, are on the side. This is all, he's still in the wounded area, which is kind of in the middle. They have, like, different uh, bed rolls lined out. I mean, it's, you know, we'll just say it's a fucking rolled up bed roll. Yeah, we, we're spending way too much time deciding what he's sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> we can, this, look, this, this we is have, world building. Well, yeah, let's good, do, good world building. Look, how much do, more episode do we have? Because we have about 40 minutes. We could, we could really hash this out. Well, what I was thinking is we could do a 45 minute after show where we talk about what he's sitting on. Ooh, that's good. We'll just go out and buy all the things we could buy. We'll buy a sapphire seat somewhere. We'll give them all a try and we'll decide which one's most comfortable, which one's the most realistic and setting. <laughs> um, this is good stuff. Uh, sit it or quit it. All right, we got to move. We have to move yeah. on. Where are we you going to sit your fantasy every... pants? <laughs> Damn it, Jeremy. You can't make this into a good bit. You could try. <laughs> you did. But, <laughs> all right. Um, he's sitting there. He's surrounded by shield bearers. And you see uh, there's, he's being interviewed by this, uh, this large copper-skinned female orc uh, in shield bearer armor. Um, you know the people Arhalon works with. So you recognize um, Deputy Commander Mankong. So, so uh, he's Yarlog just, oh, I understand. And you hear her just say, And you're sure it was him? The Storm Eye. It, it was Oshin, Yoshikatsu, yes. And he's like, he sounds so tired, Zebulon. He looks exhausted. He looks almost like that, that, that glittering sheen to his scales is kind of faded, like, like yours. Um, he's just kind of staring down. He's got like one clawed hand rubbing at his his eyes. I think as soon as Zebulon sees him, he'll he'll yell out, "Arhalon!" and start to run over to him. Okay. Um, Arhalon looks in your direction, and despite like like for the first moment, you just see these weary, weary eyes, and he's still like most of his body is facing you. You're seeing from the side, just his head turns towards you, and he looks endlessly tired. And then he looks furious. He just puts one hand up in like a stop motion and just turns away from you and looks back at the deputy commander. And the shit did I do? Just says Jeez. Yes, I am I'm I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure it was it was Ozen. He let me live. He was he was content with with what he took. The others, though, the, the luminaries, they're gone. I, I don't know why, but he, he was focused on them. He, he said something. And we as an audience are going to like, zoom away from the scene for a moment. Uh, you know, movie style, let's, I want to go into a POV that's not ours, just just because it's fun. Cinematic. I, I just want to leave it where Zebulon is standing there now witnessing all this, just totally crushed and slack-jawed. Like, he's had emotional whiplash. Yeah. Still doesn't entirely know what's going on, but I guess his heart is sort of even broken. That's, you know? that's terrible, and I feel really bad because I'm going to break it more. Great, thanks. That's so sad. We cut back to the plaza, to the storm, to the people running around screaming. We see Arhalon is lying on the cobbles, teeth gritted. We see his great sword is lying just beyond him, the blade resting right beside uh, the armored foot of Ozen Yoshikatsu. As the samurai spins around and turns, um, basically, basically praying another attack towards the two luminaries beyond, you hear a roar of a thunderclap um, as he like spreads his sword out horizontally, and this like these waves of sound just blast uh, Gaius Argonius and Demulich off their feet, and they go sprawling under the cobbles as well. There's a huge gap now uh, in the crowd around you. People have moved away from this this fight. But Arhalon, he sees that when 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 
Ozen turns away, he sees an opening, and he lunges for the handle of his blade. Eyes blazing, and Ozen spins around in an instant again, feet quickly moving into a different stance, and he raises his katana high. And we pan up from Arhalon. We don't see him now. We just see Ozen as he brings the katana down in a vertical arc, the blade flashing, crackling with lightning. Then we hear that same scream, that wail the Zebulon heard as his consciousness faded away last session. As it cuts off, Ozen fixes a single blue eye, the one uncovered eye of his mask on the figure below him, and just says, Apologies, Shieldbearer. I gain little from your slaughter, though. He whirls back towards the battle-worn Demilich and Gaius, both slowly climbing to their feet, and says, As for you luminaries, well, what I do, I do for Shah Drakan. And we're back in the sapphire, Arlon relaying this, this phrase, these words, to the deputy commander. And as he says them, everyone kind of like goes quiet, everyone just stands and waits, and Arlon finally turns back towards you again, Zeb, but this time he turns his full body back towards you. And you see that his right arm is gone. Do it. Cleaved off, oh my burnt God. black flesh, or I guess scales, where it had been going like way down his side. And he kind of slowly gets to his feet, puts a hand out to like ward off the others as they sort of like run to him, like, no, no, don't get up, don't. He puts his hand out and he marches towards you, towering over you like he always does. I told you. I told you to stay in the sapphire. I told you! If Ariat had not saved you, you'd be dead and left down there. You know this, right? You understand? He's so afraid. He's standing at his brother's feet. You can't do these things, Zebulon. Because I'm not strong enough to... And he just cuts off and turns away. Just go! We will talk about this at home. I have more report to give. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He just turns away, doesn't respond, and just stomps away from you. Wow. Wow. Jules, let's cut to you. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if I can go on with this session now. <laughs> um, that was intense. It was intense. So you're 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 still there with the, with the cherry delights. Um, I think all of them are mm-hmm. basically just you, you you as as you see this figure runs off and then uh, of, of Zebulon runs off. You turn back and everyone's just surrounding and then like and like almost just like bothering Jeans as mm-hmm. she's trying to lie there. Chester's trying to ward them away and then I think um. You know, Paul's just kind of like quietly staying at her side. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of come in and shoo everybody away a little bit. Just, guys, 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 give us some space. Give us some space. And then I'm going to get down <laughs> and, and grab her and hold her and be like, ah, oh, jeans. Oh, how, how, how you doing? How you doing, jeans? I love that you're like going, you clear him out and she's just over there like, oh, thanks, Jews. And then you just rush down like, grab. It's like, oh, yep. all right. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. That is exactly what's happening. And she's like stunned for a second, and they just feel her little arms wrap around you and just hold so tight. Oh, oh, Jean, you just scared me. You scared me. How you doing? How you feeling? And suddenly you feel like more arms all around your body as like everyone else just swarms in, just hugging your legs, <laughs> hugging your around your hips. Um, the only one you look up and see Miskins kind of just like watching from like just like, you know, 15 feet away, almost right. a little too far away and just nods. But yeah, like, I, I see him watching and I just look over to him and give him a little wink. <laughs> he nods, then like shiftily kind of looks both ways. You know, it's like... And then somebody walks in front of him and then he's, <laughs> he's gone. gone. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's comfortable basking in, in your warmth. A warmth he cannot I, have. I don't know how... <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all this positivity and wonderfulness when I know what's happening with Zebulon. Yeah, I'm still dealing with it. And but actually, I don't know what's happening with Zebulon. <laughs> I will say one more of the Cherry Delights is also not involved in this. Um, you see Fibro, the sort of tall and lanky uh, uh, half-elf. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also kind of standing apart from the circle, and he looks concerned and he's like he's like looking down at his like pages of notes which which ones he could recover that he's finally kind of pulled out of his bag and then you see him kind of look at you uh jules and he's got like this look in his eye concern curiosity something is burning in his mind and i think you know exactly what it is yeah i'm gonna get up and go over to him okay and the rest sort of let you let you leave the hug and maybe they just resume the hug with you gone (laughs) I think, like, I think that's what happened. Please wait. Down. <laughs> Just buried in buried in orphans. <laughs> I'm gonna walk over in the something on your mind there, Fibro. Yeah, um, Jules. I we all saw what you did back there. I mean, and the others they haven't maybe they forgot. I, I don't know, but I sure as hell didn't. You, Jules, that was magic, and I've never seen you do that before. What? You you went invisible and you put your hand out and killed that thing. I, um, it's a side of me I'm not exactly proud of. Okay, I don't like to show it. But how did you learn? I've been all my life. I've wanted to learn magic, and you could just do it all along. You you could have told me. You could have shown me. Call it a call it a curse on my parents. And I think. This spark of recognition enters his eyes, and he sort of nods slowly. Oh. Oh, it's that sort of art, then. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll do it if I have to. But I hope I never have to again. You saw what happened down there. And I don't know what we're going to do now, Jules. I mean... It's great. That change is fine, and I'm happy. Everyone should be happy, but we lost our home. And you know how it is for us low folk. What are they going to do with us now? We might need you. We might need you to use it again, and, and more. I, I can show you. I have notes. If you have, if you have the spark in you, if you have the talent, I can let you borrow them. You might learn something. Well, actually, I... I... I did kind of borrow a little bit from you here. I think, I think, uh... Oh! I think you lost these. You got some! He, like, whips the papers out of your hand. He's just like, oh my gosh. Oh, you're missing this one. Yes, 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 yes. I was looking so hard for it. Jules! And he hugs you, too. Ah, I just, uh... I hope you don't mind, though. I, uh... I I did a little bit of quick glancing over on him. Just, uh... You know, maybe maybe something will come in handy down the road. Yeah, study him any time. My stuff is your stuff. You know that, always. Sounds good. I appreciate that, Fibro. Hey, um... It's one more thing. Shoot. It's not a big deal, but... He kind of looks over and sees everyone else is busy. Joel, something's up. That... That wasn't no natural storm. I said it before, but that was... That was weird. Nope, that was something else entirely. And... Maybe it's nothing, but when I was on the ground there, when I was looking for my pages, I found something else, too. Um, he reaches into a pocket, and he pulls out a piece of, of like, cobblestone. Maybe it looks like from the road or something. And he, like, holds it out to you, and it looks plain. And then he shifts it over to the bottom side. And you see, like, inlaid on this stone, some very faded, but pretty, like, recognizable arcane runes. You see one that almost looks like very stylized shape of a man. Uh, almost like a stick figure, but like surrounded by all sorts of, um, you know, swirling patterns. And, and, and he just holds this up and he's like, I have been looking at this. And I don't think in my notes really relates, but it's weird, right? I'm going to grab it from him. You see it's in like this maybe uh, almost like gold colored... Um, Kind of like chalkish paint. Can I roll some kind of check on it? Roll me Arcana. That is an 18. 18. Good rolls. Wow, okay. Huh, yeah, alright. You're looking at this, 
and it seems like it might be a fragment of something far, far greater. Uh, a rune perhaps used in, in some kind of conjuration magic. Um, I think you also realize that the, the stylized man figurine kind of is, is, is um, a part of the spell that helps shape the conjured being. Whatever it was, was roughly humanoid shaped. I think that's all you can gather from this small piece. I'm gonna look down and say, Holy shit. Jules? You haven't shown anybody else this, have you? No, no, you're the first. I wasn't sure it meant anything. Do uh, you mind if I, uh, you mind if I hold on to this? Yeah, of course. Might, might be pretty important. I want to keep it safe. And I'm going to put it in my pocket. Um, so you put it down, you reach your hand into your pocket, and you put it there, and suddenly you just feel like another hand grab your wrist. A small hand, but, but cold and firm and shaking. And you look down and you see Paul is there. He's looking at you with his wide, scared eyes. And before you even have a chance to ask, you feel like the light entering this place as the jewel ships planes and immediately as the light fades and the whole thing shakes Zebulon where you are watching this with Arhalon you have done this at least one time now and you've never heard of turbulence on on a conquered jewel um and there's a lot of like, what's going on? People like, 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 like panicking, staring around. <laughs> Again, everything shakes. You guys are like barely keeping to your feet. And the sort of light, the natural light that, that fills the walls of this gem fades away. And then the tint, the bluish color fades away with it, leaving only this clear crystal. And you are staring out at the ethereal plane. You're staring out, Jules, for the first time at the radiant citadel. Your eyes are are taken in by, by this by this massive, shining diamond, still glowing with this alert red color, with this great sort of fossil wrapped around it, with buildings and people all over it. I knew this existed, but uh, whoa. And then you feel that tug again, that scared hand, and you hear Paul just say, Storm. And he points down, and you look down, and you can see, far below the citadel, the keening gloom. You can see an almost mirror copy of the very storm you saw in the sky above Tythos, except bigger. This this swirling cyclone. And then you, and Zebulon, you, and I think pretty much every single person on this sapphire realizes at the same time that that cyclone is getting bigger because you're rapidly getting closer. Oh my god. Oh. You are about 500 feet away from the docking port of the Citadel. And you are watching that port vanish above you. Holy shit. As the jewel is sinking. And not just sinking, but like... Shaking constantly. Like it's being pulled. So much for that long rest. (laughs) Yeah. Shit never ends. This is horrible. So we're, we're going down. We're going into the storm. You are going into the storm, and let me ask you, what do you guys do in this moment? I mean, the thing is, you must realize, I mean, this thing is sealed. You can open a door. What are you going to do? You're 500 feet away from land. Right. And rapidly losing it. Below you, all that waits is the gloom. What do you do? I mean, I call over the chariot of the lights. They all just rush to you. Jules, Jules, what's happening? All right, guys, stay together. Stay huddled. I don't know what the hell's happening. We got a, we got a better chance if we stay together, okay? Chance against what? I you don't see that thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know. This is this is crazy. Everything is crazy. I, and then I think like like Jean's kind of maybe grabs him aside. It's like, Chester, it's okay. Shh. You kind of 
breathes in, calms down a little. Miskin kind of appears out of the crowd and then kind of stands with you all. Maybe even gets closer this time. Maybe even he looks scared, which is rare. I just pictured him doing this little, like, little shy, yeah, little yeah, shuffle right? over. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, you couldn't see that. It was it was thoroughly awkward. It was a shuffle. It was adorable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Zebulon. Zebulon. Let's roll on over to you now. Uh, we see the cherry delights all standing together, and now you're still standing in shock. Um, and, and, and the shield bearers around Arhalon are just like up and Adam Arhalon's like, what? What is this? What's happening? Someone get Ariat! And I think I think the deputy commander's already booking it out of there. Um, the other guard are kind of like up and talking, but they're 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 trying to like calm people around them. Um, healers are rushing to them, like what? What is this? What's going on? People are scared. We we're trying to figure this out. We're, we're, we're discussing this right now. We'll we'll get back to you, all of you. Please, please, peace, calm people. We'll, we'll figure this out. Um, what do you do? That was Arhalon saying all that. Uh, that was a guy that sounds like Arhalon. Okay, gotcha. He likes to do Arhalon impressions. And you said Arhalon walked off. He's gone. He's he's he sat back down. Like right next spot. to me? He's close to you still, yeah. Okay. He actually, I think during all this, he does look over at you and you see like, like guilt mm. and fear. You see a lot of fear. I think at this point, Zebulon still hasn't gotten over all of this. And I think, I think now he just doesn't want to be a burden anymore, I guess. Um... You said Ariat ran off somewhere? Um, the deputy commander did. Okay. Um, and Kong. Um, ran off towards the direction of the cockpit of this crystal, which is where you would assume Ariat was. You remember he piloted you here. Uh, normally that wouldn't be his duty. There there are there are actual like certified pilots for these jewels. There's right. a name for them. It's in my book. I will have to check that later because um, it's weird. But... Uh, Ariat took over control for the sake of this. He's trained in, in using them. Um, so if you're looking for him... Yeah, you know what? Let's see what happens. Maybe Arhalon follows after Mankat. See what's going on in the cockpit. Yeah, see, means see how far... Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? said Arhalon. You said Arhalon. Oh. It's like, you don't get see, to decide how Arhalon. See how much you look up to your big brother? I know. For real. Oh, just, man. Thank you, David. I'll be taking over Arhalon now. I'm going to play Arhalon now. <laughs> I'm playing them both. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I don't imagine that anything useful could come out of this, but I think Zebulon doesn't want to be near his brother right now. Um, maybe some small part of him thinks that, well, maybe there's something I can do to help. Yeah, hell yeah. I actually love this. So you... You bolt after. I think as you're sort of moving by, maybe you faintly just see like Arhalon, like he's watching you. You run past him because Macon went the other direction, and, and uh, he like almost reaches a hand out, just like wait, wait, I, and you just kind of um, into the crowd before he can really. You don't even hear him, but he just like reaches out, and like we as the audience kind of look back and see his hand just like lingering, and like his eyes almost look tearful. Hey, do me a favor and just like quit. Breaking my heart and tonight? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you rush, you follow up Men Kong, uh, and you basically you're moving through these crowds, you move to the other side of this great sort of stadium where there's ramps built up for wagons to move goods down normally. Right now it's pretty much all people. Um, and you see that sort of just beyond there, there's kind of this slight... Uh, opening in the the jewel, which leads to just this small room, a number of like crystal artifices, knobs and such, just like sticking out of the platform. And still, everything is see through right now. This crystal is is like see through, and you're still dropping. I mean, and, and, and remember, you started off and you were like at the very tip top head of the fossil, the serpentine fossil around the citadel. At this point, you're like down to the lower, yeah, I was say lower neck. It's a serpent. You're down like almost to the the first coil, um, maybe at like the the, the two thirds mark of this thing oh, wow. falling down towards like yeah. the bottom of this diamond. It's not great. Gotcha. And once you're below the, the the fossil, what do you do? There's nowhere to go to. Even now, 500 feet distance is not something you can do anything about. Right. Um, 
you rush over to this room and you see there's, there's a guard kind of around it as people are also trying to rush. You're, you're, you're almost being blocked off by a bunch of people, um, civilians. And as Ming Kong gets close, uh, the shield bearers move over and like sort of push these people out of the way. Like, move, move, move. We need to, we need the space. And uh, Ming Kong sort of moves into the room. And I think the last you see is Arya, like, sweating, his bald head sweating, just turns towards her, his hands on the, like, like moving over these, these, like, crystal artifices, and nothing is happening. And then the crowd moves back in the way as the shield bearers kind of, like, mm. part and move back in front of the door. But then you hear something. You hear gasps. You hear, what is that? Look, look up, up there at the docking bay. Um, and eyes all turn up and you turn your head up too as you see a figure lunging off of the sort of crescent moon head of this of the serpent of the fossil where the, normally the, the, the crystal would dock you see a gigantic a gargantuan brass dragon and Steven is nodding because mm-hmm. he knows exactly what's happening here yeah. um, grandma's home Oh shit! Yeah, coming to save the day. You see, whoa, this this dragon comes flying, arcing down, um, wings like pushed back as uh, as it slides around to the side of the gem where it would normally be like a door, and people are just like, Charlie, Charlie, a lot of like screaming, cheering as her her claws rake around the side of the the once sapphire towards where the opening would be, and she like puts a paw onto it. Um, shield bearers kind of rush around to the sides, activating the mechanisms to like cause like the crystal to sort of part, and Sholei bursts in and immediately um, assumes human form. Oh, that's not what I thought. I thought she was going to try to like pull the gem up. It's a big gem. Right. Think of the weight of like this many people. Well, but I kind of assumed that like we were in sort of like a... a minimal gravity sort of situation and I thought that it would just be the it's, dragon versus the storm. It's a weird situation um, because gravity I think here there is there is full on gravity in the Citadel, right? Like if you were to fall let's, the Citadel, let's get into the physics the of it. We, should, we actually should like a little bit just tiny tiny bit of physics. If you fell off the Citadel you'd fall into the gloom. Um, I think the gloom almost creates an atmosphere of gravity. Uh, the, 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 the gems normally wouldn't move, though. They stay locked in place. So it is weird it's being pulled. So you might, have, you might be onto something there because the fact this thing is falling, it's not falling. They don't fall. Right. They have weightlessness in that way, and they're, but it's being pulled. Um, but Shole, I think, I think initially, is, is moving to the controls. Uh, she is old, and she has a, a mastery of arcane arts that is unmatched in the worlds. Well, it's matched by some folk, but not by many. She's like, get out of the driver's seat, you bum. Basically, yeah, she just marches, she pushes through the crowd, move out of the way, and um, very swiftly, suddenly, you just see Shole appears, and she's, like, moving towards, like, like the, the crowd in the way, and they sort of part for her, and as they part... I think only one figure is just standing in awe, stands between her and the door, and she sees you, Zebulon. Uh. And her eyes widen and narrow, and she says nothing to you and just keeps walking past you. The fuck did I do? Um. <laughs> oh my god. And walks straight into the the uh, the chamber, and you're still falling people still crowd on the way again you can i try see. to sneak in behind her yeah you want it yeah definitely Roll, um let's say we're doing another crowd check acrobatics all right and if you want to do it stealthily we're gonna roll a stealth check as well holy shit it's like you broke some family code or something yeah that you i don't didn't know, know was there why everyone's so pissed at me all right so acrobatics to 20 uh dirty 20 Okay. Yeah, you you get through the legs of the crowd, push your way in, and you're right behind. Roll stealth. Seventeen for stealth. Um. Okay. So, 
you push to the door. I think at this point, there's a point in time where someone rushes over like, Charlie, what are you gonna? And like one of the guards like moves forward to push them out of the way and you kind of like swiftly dart right then this guy turns away and into the room and you are suddenly in this small like piloting chamber. This small like, like you know, fully crystallized. Um, you see like a big platform in front of a, a it's, it's like not like a cockpit, like a sitting cockpit, standing, but mm-hmm. yeah. And it's you, Min Kong, uh, Ariat, and Shole, and nobody sees you yet. They're all yeah. He'll heat, just he'll just stand. Discussion. He'll just stand back against the wall up by the door. I'm imagining yeah, like I, I can't imagine they're gonna turn around and look back at all. I think they're gonna be looking at the controls and out the out the glass or not the glass out the window, whatever the wall. It's funny because it's like you have these things where you expect them to be kind of off screen, and then suddenly they're very much on screen. And it's like I guess I'm role playing this now. Okay, uh, throw my notes away. No, I'm just kidding. It's fun. It's good times. You're um, welcome. You just hear Shola just like, you're right. This is, um, this is unusual. It's not responding at all. The words, you didn't, the words aren't making a difference. What happened exactly? We, 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 we left Tythos. We, we, we phased and that was it. The moment we phased into existence here, it's like we were caught in a storm. The, 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 the gem lost all its power. None of the artifices are working here. I, No words are working. And there's a moment of silence. And then you hear Humming Kong just say, Well, what, what, do we, what do we do? And Ariat just nods his head and says, As many as we can get off. We take as many as we can get off, and we, we go. We go. It's it's all we have. Shola, you can fly them. No one else here can do it. You need to take these people, whatever you can take, and get to the Citadel. And Shola is just thousand yards staring out towards the, the Citadel, which is slowly sinking away. You're about halfway down it now. And just nods. No, I can stop this. And she just spins around and starts running. I think she sees you, Zebulon, um, at the door then. And she, like, looks at you. And she actually, I think maybe sees how scared you are. Um, and you can see she just forces on this, this small smile towards you. And says again, but this time directed towards you. I can stop this. And she rushes back out of the of the chamber. I, there's like, there's nothing that I can conceive of. There's there's no way that I can think to help. There's no way that I can think to help. A moment later, you see, and Jules, you see this this ancient brass dragon comes flying out. Retains like that that massive dragon form swirls under the under the stone and you just kind of see like <laughs> tries to to push against the crystal pushing and pushing and I think right this is happening right below you you're in the middle I think you and the chariot of lights are seeing this so close just beneath you well hold on tight guys hold on tight shit's happening Sholay is just. <laughs> like pushing up wings woof 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 as hard as they can flapping flapping and for a moment everything kind of steadies and then starts to drop again you can see her straining and straining and I think you realize then that there is nothing that's going to stop this Jules as you stare down at this you feel Again, another hand clutch yours. It's Jean's. She's stood up. And you see Chester has one of her hands. Fibro has one of his. Mulligan is one of his. Paul has one of his. Miskin is one of his. Round stuff is one of his. And she reaches up and takes your other hand. I'm just going to sit on the floor. With all of them around. You're all just... This might be it, guys. I don't don't know how we're going to get out of this one. I have a question, David. Yeah. What what can we see if we look down at this storm? You just see an open, 
maw, just a black, black abyss. You just see like swirling clouds and lightning flashing against the storm wall here, and you're basically being pulled right into like this, looks almost like endless darkness that exists within it. Hmm. Does anybody know what actually is in there? I would love or for you guys what to roll, happens? roll arcana checks on this, actually. Or history. Both will work. Because well, we know that the, we know that it was threatening, but I'm gonna, I've, I haven't heard anything about what it actually is. So, so maybe I'll take it from a... You know, let's, we'll, we'll roleplay it, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the pilot room with yeah. Mancon and... Um, Ariat. Ariat. Deputy, Com- or Deputy Commander Mancon and... Captain Commander Ariat. Yes. You're with the literal brass. Get it? Because of our brass armor. <laughs> oh, man. I should have given you a moment to do the uh, bottom chick. I'll paste it in right there. No, I'm not going to paste it in right there. That's just going to happen <laughs> Damn it. as it happened. <laughs> Commander. Commander Ariat. You heard my brother's story. The Stormai. He doesn't want to kill regular people. He only wants to kill the luminaries. We don't know what's down there, but it might not mean death. Ariat just fixes you with this, like, long, quiet like look. And he stands up and he walks over to you. And he puts a hand on your head and says, It's a shame. I, um, when I pulled you out of there, I hoped I'd really been saving you. But all I did was save you for this. We don't know much about the Keening Gloom, but there have been tests, and nothing and no one that has ever been pulled into the storm has ever come back. It's assumed they were torn apart. Don't spread this around. Why Why would he spare Arhalon just to let him die like this? I don't know. I don't know how he managed to use the gloom in this way. It was there in the sky. I saw it. You saw it. That was the Keening Gloom on Tythos. It could be unrelated to the Storm Eye. It doesn't seem likely. But it could be could be the theory of planar absorption. It's like he can it's like he can control it. And I think Arya just stares at you for a moment and then looks up. Almost like he's thinking this this thought over. And he just sort of shakes his head and steps out of the room with one last, um, I'm sorry. And you can hear him just step outside. He's like, people, people, it's okay. We're, we're working this out. Don't panic. Nobody panic. It's fine. And like trying to do what he can out there because there's nothing that can be done in this cockpit anymore. And Jules, you are sitting on the floor. Zebulon, you are in the cockpit guess watching all this watching your grandmother uh, as you call her just fighting and fighting and weakening and not making a difference and suddenly a bright light bathes everything from above everyone looks up once more Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this is supposed to be serious. A little thirsty. <laughs> Everyone looks up and you see far above you the shape of a man with his great wings appearing in the sky in this yes. brilliant light. And then again, arcing down a new figure, a new hero. And every, every one of you, both of you, everyone on this Fucking Jewel recognizes Atosh, Hand of the Sunweaver, the first and greatest of the luminaries. And you see it's not just Atosh. You see the heavy hitters suddenly, like, uh, flying down beside him. Suddenly you see a, uh, a woman, um, a dwarven woman, uh, wearing long, embroidered, dark blue robes. And you see she pulls this, uh, like, like this really um, simple yet elegant teapot 
from her sleeve and she like turns and pours this magical energy out of it like this light that encompasses her that encompasses this gigantic bare-chested man in sort of a goofy-looking pink uh, pig mask, a luchador from Sansetian, um, Fu Liling from Zing, uh, casts fly on herself and her companion uh, and turns to another one, a man in red leather armor with a, with a sort of a big um, mosquito nose-like like mask and uh, you know, sort of these red leather cape uh, Sturge Man. No one knows where Sturge Man is from. Everyone knows he's awesome, though. Um, and as these, these figures are fly down towards you, they kind of land on top of the jewel. Um, you see, actually, the Fuliling sort of arcs away and turns back towards the tail of the Citadel, which you're almost equal with right now. About to lose your last bit of, like, like horizontal land that you could ever potentially reach. Um... You see, as she moves over there, two more figures stand at the edge of the tail. You see Jai, uh, or Handsome Jai, as they call him. Uh, this half-elf uh, warlock. A, uh, yeah, I guess you would, you would know these figures very well. Uh, handsome, uh, handsome Jai is a half-elf earth genie Dao warlock from Taib. Um, just this handsome playboy dressed in a, a beige kurta wrapped in colorful checkered shawl. And he too is just like standing at the edge of this of this uh, fossil, the very tail. And he raises his hands up in an incantation. You see this stone bridge begins to like form itself in front of him towards you. Uh, you see next to him a, a tiefling woman, crimson skin with pure, looks like white garments, very simple looking. Uh, three long braids down her back. Zopa reborn from Teletepec. Wildfire Druid, again, just like him, is creating this other sort of stone platform, not um, in a bridge-like arc, but rather just this great sort of platform, uh, much, much tighter to the building, but but sort of in your direction, which Fu Liling the Mage uh, lands down on and begins to cast some spell. Um, Ariat flies down beneath you, beneath Sholei, and you can see her just turning this weary gaze towards him, and rather than facing the, the gem itself, he turns towards a storm, and with a voice that sounds like a thousand voices piled on each other, you just hear him say, Storm of Malice, be gone! And this incredible, I, th- I think um, this is the part in the movie where the bass fucking hits, as like this this arc of light just blasts from his hands down towards the storm and you feel like like as he's shaking as he's, as he's holding us off you feel the jewel just slow to a stop um and he's just resting there he's go save them I'll hold it off and Sholei just like immediately looks down at him nods flies up and begins taking people on her back and I think what happens next uh, we're not going to dwell on for too long because as fucking awesome as these heroes are, they are not oh, yeah. the heroes of our story. But we see like a montage of, uh, we see uh, these, this bridge is finished being built out right to like the opening gate of the Sapphire and people begin to like move towards it. We see Sturge Man fly out. He's got uh, these immovable rods that he's like placing along both sides of the bridge. If, in a, in, a, in a flurry of movement so fast you can't even make it out he's tying ropes amongst them and like creating this like long railing system so no one's falling off and people start rushing in in, in a single file line it's a, it's a thin wall going 500 feet but they are rushing across it um, you know slow going because they can't over overbear the weight <clears> but uh, and as this is happening we see um, uh, Fu Liling finishes her spell. The dwarven uh, mage finishes her spell on the sort of platform created by her, uh, for by the the druid. And you see this like sort of uh, opalescent fog, like uh, a doorway appears, a circular door that also appears inside the citadel as well. And people start moving towards that. We see uh, the mighty pigman is joining Sholei and grabbing people and flying them back and forth between the. Uh, in the Citadel, he's great with the kids. They're they're scared to go on the bridge, and he's just like, "Come on, kids! I'll, big man will take you over." And he does that for the kids. They love it. They love it. Uh, he carries them, back. and you just see like Atosh just holding this thing back, snarling as he his, his shimmering white eyes. I mean, you and actually, this is the first time you've probably ever seen Atosh in person. 
Mm. He does not come to the Citadel often. He does not leave Ankarin Singar where he rules often. But you just see this like well-muscled, incredibly majestic uh, solar angel. Uh, you see his eyes are just just pools of radiance. Uh, you see he's got like this pretty, pretty nice uh, close crop beard. Um, he's got a uh, kind of long sort of brown hair. He's got like red crimson robes that just billow as he flies about. Uh, he's the coolest. So I think we're just going to like move past this montage of, 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 of everyone moving out. Everyone's like leaving this, this jewel and all of you are resting on the tail of the fossil. Everyone grouped up together. It's probably been, you know, just, just only like a few minutes, maybe 10 minutes have passed during all this. And you watch as Atosh, the last people funnel through the bridge, the last people like move through the door, and Atosh finally whoo, releases his light and wearily sort of moves away as the jewel begins getting pulled again. And you watch. Wow. As the gateway to Tythos is gone. And we'll call it there.